0: White T-jean shorts and a big 4-4 Sitting on my porch, blowing a new port In the middle of a war, my niggas, we hold court Black the course and roll with appropriate force When that thing pop off, you hoping it's yours But you lying on the floor, wondering what they running for I clear ball courts, bitches crawling on all fours Nigga, this a chap, what you calling the caps for? Turn the foothill strip to the a strip Nigga chain real thick, then he gotta strip When you see me don't pop no shit, just pop your shit, cause going pop my shit. Yeah, this is what happens when my money gets low. Uh sometimes it happens over punk assholes This is what happens when cats stop interacting and start dirty magging and cutting in on my action, make it brain.
1: Yeah. Uh you feel that what's up, y'all? This is Peter Agostin Welcome to my podcast The House List I'm back, I'm back in New York I'm back in Brooklyn It's hot as fuck Here And uh, I just got back from California Where I spent about a week's time Working on this podcast uh, Talking to people Having great conversations with people Um, I had some work to do as well Outside of that, as you know Some of you might know that I run my own booking agency, the Agoston Agency, and I was out there with uh, one of my rock bands, Ivan in the Perizol, who was on the house list. If you scroll back, you can catch our conversation recorded in Budapest. So I was out there for some work, and I stayed a little extra to uh, talk to some old friends and some colleagues, and some people, and had some really great conversations in San Diego and Los Angeles, San Francisco, Oakland, the East Bay. And I even saw DJ CJ, Stewart, the uh, editor of this show and every show, The House List, which is what you're listening to. And one of those conversations I had is the one that we're about to get into today, episode 43 of The House List with the one and only Tajay. Of course, you may recognize that voice from the intro, Tajay, Souls of Mischief, Hieroglyphics, Oakland, California, which is where we recorded this episode Live And uh, he has a new project Called Rap Noir And the single is what I played at the intro I'm going to play a little bit more on the outro It's called Let It Rain It's out now, you can find it on iTunes Under Rap Noir Which is him, Tajay, Souls of Mischief And the producer, Unjust Check it out, there's a concept running in it and uh, it's dope I dig it and I've been a fan of Tajay's since the very beginning of Souls of Mischief uh as a child of music videos and of college radio I think Souls of Mischief were uh, immense players in both medium as they like you know entered the music industry for what it's worth and um I think a lot of people grew up on Souls of Mischief and what's uh awesome and amazing is that they continue to thrive both as solo artists and as a group. And he had just gotten back from a tour in Europe with the, with Souls, uh, a few days really, before, uh, since we had that conversation. And I even went on tour, there was a a period of time when I was touring, when I had my label, Female Fun Records, and I did a European tour with Sadat X, Greg Nice of Nice and Smooth, my man Geology, we crisscrossed Europe and had a gang of different shows with Souls of Mischief during that time, and Zion I, uh, all together in these like giant bills. So I look back fondly at that time. That was well over a decade ago. But Tajay is always, was always the first one up, uh, working in the morning. He's always had multiple things going on. A grad student, now he's an architect. He owns a hotel in Panama. And we talk a lot about about that stuff. We We definitely get into the music but I've always been fascinated with all his other, uh, you know, careers that he's done. And he was definitely open to talk about it. And, and given, you know, where we, we, we linked up, he picked me up in Lake Merritt in Oakland and we drove around a little bit before our conversation. So a lot of the conversation is really reflective of what's going on in, in the East Bay right now, which is obviously in a state of flux, uh, as are many, uh, um, places in this country, but I think, you know, reverberating out of Silicon Valley, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there, um, perhaps good and bad, but we, we dig into it, and he's not one to uh, uh, mince words, if you will, I think that's the right saying, and uh, so I thought it was a really great, intriguing, um, insightful conversation which I'm looking forward to sharing with you cats in just a moment. If this is your first time listening, though, I want to I got to pay some bills, pay a little bit of dues, even though I don't make any money doing this. It's a labor of love. I'd love to get to a point where I can do that. But up until then, I want to get the word out on this podcast because it's something I do for the love and trying to talk to people uh, that I admire in the industry um, and just as human beings and artists alone. And you'll see as I share a lot of these episodes from my trip to the West Coast. But if this is your first time listening, check it. You can you can hear the podcast in a couple different ways. It's on iTunes. It's on the Stitcher app. Um, it's on YouTube. Specifically, I want to talk about SoundCloud just for a second because I guess it's under threat. And I don't know what Chance the Rapper is going to do. If he saves it, that's awesome. Because I do think there is a lot of people that specifically listen to this podcast exclusively on soundcloud so i want to send a special shout out to those people in particular i know it's not everybody but i've seen with some of the hip-hop episodes the hip-hop oriented episodes i do um there's a higher influx of people listening on soundcloud and it's where i can find most of my data as far as where people are listening who's listening you know all that stuff so if you've been tuning in on SoundCloud, I really appreciate it. You can find it at SoundCloud.com/backslash/theHouselessPodcast. Take a take a minute to repost it if you got a if you have a page, uh, an account, um, because who knows how long that this thing's gonna last? It's like I just watched that, um, you know, Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre melodrama on hbo and it's like you know i remember when beats came out i was like this is a great platform that did not last very long you know what i'm saying so soundcloud who knows how long it's going to be around i know they let they let off hundreds of people so we'll see but in the meantime because i know people listen to it on that medium get the, let's get the word out as much as we can because it's the most easily postable link that i have to get the podcast out and since i'm not part of some large infrastructure of 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 with there's no marketing machine behind the the podcast so it's really just word of mouth so and the cats that listen on soundcloud are the ones that repost it and i really appreciate it so shout out to y'all let's keep it going a little bit more you can find me on twitter too which is where i announce the podcast for the most part at houseless pod so yes just want to get that out of the way before we get into this great conversation with Tajay, recorded in Oakland, California. And um, what can I say? I have a great relationship with, with California. I had an incredible time when I was out there. Most of the people I know live there. Um, in New York, I'm kind of like a lone wolf because a lot of the people in my circle, in my community have either left or you know they're doing their own thing. It's just a different kind of playing field here as far as music and the industry goes. So uh going out to California, it's always like a totally different landscape for me. And I lived on the West Coast for just under a decade too. It's where I started my record label, it's where I started Rama. So there's a lot of people that I've worked with and known for many years. And that'll be on this podcast in the coming weeks for sure. And I mean, souls of mischief. In the canon of, of hip hop, nineties and otherwise, I mean that they're still active and still inventive great lyricists um always great uh at produ- picking produ- uh, producers i mean incredible producers too a plus and and opio are amazing producers too as far as their music the souls and Mischief stuff goes some of the greatest stuff was produced in-house so yes i'm a fan uh and i admire those dudes and tajay's always been super dope to me so i, uh, I definitely appreciate his time so without further ado um Let's get into my conversation with the one and only Tajay, Souls and Mischief, Hieroglyphics, Rap Noir, The New Project, peep it out, on iTunes right now, only here on the house list. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, and basically, uh, I'm just going to be like, you know, I say a couple words and kind of keep it to you. I mean, you project pretty well already when you're talking anyway, so, I mean, it's going to... try to say I'm loud, man? <laughs> I'm <laughs> hard <laughs> of hearing <laughs> <You're talking laughs> Um So, yeah, I was trying to think of, you know, obviously a a starting point, um, but since I haven't seen you in a while, too, and I know that you've been doing a lot of other stuff um, beyond music, instead of, you know, trying to begin with any kind of musical um, uh, conversation, I'd just love to know, like, what you've been up to, because you have, like, multiple businesses sort of working right now, and I think it sort of plays into a larger story of your career, because you always... I remember when you, you went back to school, you went back to college, too, in the middle of, uh, you know, the height of Sol's initiative too. So mm-hmm. i just love to hear first, like, what you have going on, because I've noticed that there's, like, this design company or it's an architecture mm-hmm. company, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the origin story with that? Because that's been a few years in the making for sure, right?
2: Yeah, I think, honestly, looking back, I've always wanted to be an architect. Really? and I you know I like Legos Tetris right. I like to pack clothes you know I mean mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird but you know organizational stuff and it became something where I think I did some shows with some old school cats uh-huh. and I really wasn't I was like damn these dudes are in their 50s still kind of on this circuit you know Right. and I mean you're doing what you love and it's not to knock them and all that Sure. but i just seen them really do some funny money stuff where I'm like I'm not about to be trying to put somebody in a headlock for $200 extra dollars Right. you know right. so at, at 50 you know like it just right. doesn't seem and then I also saw the movie The Wrestler have you yeah. ever seen that movie? Yeah
1: definitely so
2: that movie those two with things Mickey Rourke. With make you work yeah with make you work exactly those two things my lifelong love for design and then um really having the opportunity being
1: independent uh-huh. so that I can control my time and stuff like that well I'm that a, was always been like a thing with hieroglyphics anyway yeah. too with the website and with putting records out app like post uh, distribution kind of controlling the distribution right so that's been a constant for you anyway I think, yeah right? yeah so we weren't at, at the mercy of some sort
2: of corporation telling us right. when and where we had to be somewhere right so with that autonomy I think it made it possible for me to go back to school I mean only I went to Berkeley I had a family so I went to Berkeley because I couldn't relocate to go to school, but yeah. I'm really happy I went there. I graduated in 2014 from uh, with a master's in architecture, and I've been designing for a company called Sabi Design Build and another one called uh, Beaumont Associates. So, what's
1: like? Uh, what are those jobs like? I mean, my frame of reference for architecture is really homes. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like some, like I love John Lautner and stuff like oh, that. You know, these kind of like, sort of 50s and 60s California the stuff Great on the Perry. hills. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah, beautiful, you know, kind of space age design from yeah. the 60s or whatever. Yeah. But so this is all types of stuff, commercial and residential or how does it? Commercial and residential. Um
2: my first job was actually um a cupcake shop for casual's little sister. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in Berkeley. So she gave me a job right when I was when I was still a, uh my final year of school. So I do restaurants. I've done like a Red Bay Coffee out here. I'm doing a, a catering spot up in Antioch. So I, I, the stuff that comes to me a lot of times is sort of small restaurant or small mm, how can I say that bakery type spots and then a lot of residential I haven't done any um, commercial like uh, I haven't done any high rises the highest we probably right. go is five 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 stories oh, I and mean, wow. they'll be in the front right and then what apartments above apartments above or apartments on the same level and then we for a while you know we're in a huge building period in Oakland right now. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. So a while it was just like rehabbing, like getting places okay. and either turning these old factories into lofts. One of our mm-hmm. lofts got like top seven places to live in America, which is a weird number, but right one of the one of the top seven. And then um so repurposing these old factories and buildings to do
1: sort of loft living. And you, also, is that something that you like? Do you have a handle on that? Because that's got to be a uh an industry, and I guess in a way art in itself is like re um. Uh, formatting a build, an old building that, might, or bringing it back up to code, or something like that, right?
2: The the fortunately, the client that I worked for during for those builds was a contractor and sort of develop contractor slash developer. Right. So he knew all kind of not. And I, when I say shortcuts. I don't mean with regard to quality and things, sure. but like he would say, "Hey, I'm buying a brick building because I can shore it up this way. Mm-hmm. I'm gutting it completely because I don't want to have to deal with rod or any of these type of things. Yeah. Then once you gut it completely, now let's let's cut yeah. it up into these proper ways and I think to a, to a large extent we we're doing lofts so not a lot of walls it's like open plan right, right. you know so but I mean he was killing you know I think he's I don't know if he's moved on or if he's selling the majority of his projects now but there's still money in that but a lot of those industrial places now have been converted mm. and so now I'm doing a lot more new construction I mean I just did two Victorians over in West three Victorians in West Oakland. Um, I'm doing a brand new house up skyline. That's where I was coming from with my uh, design partner right. today. So, and that's modern, like super modern, contemporary, or whatever.
1: So, what's the? I mean, I, how do you go about even doing that? Drawing a plan or the blueprints or what is that like?
2: It, I, I, it's you know, it's like making beats. Yeah. Really, you know, it's not like rapping because the performance is only really pitching to the client. Right. And we really don't, you know, most work in this stuff is word of mouth. So we don't really have to pitch mm-hmm. our designs. It's more like making a beat and then people coming at you. I guess when you get to a certain level, they want a certain type of beat from you. I'd say like Primo. Right. Primo okay. probably has all kinds of beats. Sure. Everybody wants to beat chops with the cuts. Yeah. The same thing. And that's kind of what I see in this industry, too. You get yeah, known for that. a couple styles of building, mm-hmm. and then people are like, I want one of those, but this way. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, okay. The site is completely different. Right. The, the climate is completely different. Right. The time, the period I'm making is completely different. The local materials are different. But, hey, you want one of these? I'll, here, I'll yeah. give you the same beat. If, you know. But it, it, you, you draw, you go visit the site. You, you talk to the client and see what their style is with regard to you know, do they want modern do they want contemporary do they want you know some old school stuff in Oakland there's a sort of historical period uh, areas and so you have to do Victorians uh, and things of that nature right. and keep in tune with the, with the historical style of the areas but um, then it's all about freaking the insides because right. the outsides gonna look you know the same thing but it, it's it's really you, you go you measure the site you draw and you go back and forth with both the the, the client and the city with regard to the parameters of the design and everything, eventually it gets approved and then, and then you give the drawings to a contractor who sort of reads sure. it like a map right. um, and 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 actually builds it. So I would say it's it, to keep on using the production metaphor, it's almost like I'm beatboxing some shit or yeah. I give them the skeleton yeah. and then I hand it to an engineer to, to bust it all out yeah. And, yeah. and tweak everything yeah. and they really build. Now I work for a design build firm so we do build our own stuff but I haven't had much. I've had to manage a couple projects as far as construction management, but my boss is more to deal with that.
1: That's straight. Like this is like uh, like a Monday through Friday, like a real nine to five type of thing, right? Are you? Is it like music where you're just kind of on call? Like are you working on it constantly, or if I was more disciplined, I'd probably be working
2: on it constantly. Yeah. But because I have all these other businesses, right? right but right. my bosses understand. I work for a small firm. It's two other either two principals above me, and then I've got me and two other draftsmen, and then one guy who does all the energy work. So, oh, right, I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's cool, man. I work for some Jamaican cats. One of them used to be a musician. The other guy is in the, you know, we'd play grime shit. You know, he, he was living in the UK for a while. He's so they did there. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just came off tour for three weeks. Right. But I was in the hotel doing work, too, you know. Right, right, Which right. is the same as when I was in college doing work when 93Till was out and all that. Right, on.
1: right. Yeah, because how did that work? I mean, you were doing... Schoolwork and getting it turned in somehow, like correspondent style, right? Fax machine. So I had a homegirl, Sharifa
2: Sharifa Abdullah. She used to help me out, and she would uh, get my faxes and turn them into my professors. But even with that, I probably ended up going to class more than the people who were there because nobody goes to class. (laughs) And I was paying for it. So I was like, look, I had broken it down. Every class was $139. When I broke down the cost of tuition yeah. and everything, I right. was like, so if I don't go, I wasted
1: 139 bucks. Right, well that's a great way to look at it. Then it makes it a lot more tangible to get it done, mm-hmm. especially when you're moving around. This was undergrad, right? Undergrad. That was- Grad school, I, I took
2: time. Architecture school, they want 16 hours of you. Right. Right? And then I was probably the oldest guy in my um, class, and I'm the only guy. Maybe there's maybe one or two foreign students who have families. But because they're foreign students and the family structure is different, it'll be like, "Yo, my wife is at the house with the kids. She, I'm sleeping. I'm gonna sleep at my desk yeah. and, and knock it out." You know, right. U.S. is a little different family structure.
1: It's like, "Where are you? Like,
2: I'm just doing work. Hey, there's work to do here.
1: Right. Get home." Yeah. So, how, so going back to, to just this building and knowing that, uh, in a way, I guess Oakland is, uh, and maybe it's the the whole. Obviously, there's different facets of the whole greater Bay Area because mm-hmm. of what's happened in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. um, like, how do you, how are you seeing that just um, on a builder level, as you, because obviously you're dealing with contractors, and mm-hmm. that's a, that's the other side of the fence from design. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think there's a, it's like a hot button kind of area in the country because of startups and Silicon Valley, it's and the hottest country. area, really, right, yeah. Uh
2: it's crazy because I think that there's a housing shortage. Okay. But but what's all being built is what we call market rate and market okay. rate is not affordable for somebody who's not making six figures, maybe a couple who both aren't making six figures. Which maybe. is a lot of people, obviously. Well, probably most, most people, right? right. Maybe right. not you know, maybe most people. Yeah. And so as we were talking about in the car earlier, I mean if the working professional who isn't making six figures And who doesn't have a spouse that's making the same can't afford a house? Then you know the people who are the most vulnerable can't, and that's how we have all these pop up uh, cities, tent cities, and and yeah, definitely. Like so, it's 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 good. I mean, look, I'm I'm fortunate to fall on the right side of the coin or whatever with with regard to I'm in an industry where people are paying me to develop these things, Mm -hmm. and so that's good. However, I am seeing the negative side, which is. A lot of those old buildings that people are clearing out were like, what is it called? Uh, SRO single residency, uh-huh. single res- yep. you know hotels and things like that. So there's there's a lot of housing services that also may have had a mental health component, or also uh-huh. may have had a government assistance component, yeah. or you know that they're falling apart. Then I'm also seeing a lot of people who are moving to Oakland because there's shanty towns and stuff like that, and it's good weather and it's nice, and you can beg and get. A cool amount of money. Yeah, you can get by just on that alone. Yeah, yet. I mean, but I'm also seeing kids move out here from like Michigan and Ohio and stuff. They're like now, I don't know if they were on heroin before they came, but they are now. Mm. And you know, like I'm seeing that too. But they, it's, it's a very weird time. I've right. never seen this many shanties. I've never seen this many homeless people per capita. Part of it is in San Francisco they pushed them all over here as well. Right. You know, so it's it's tough, but I think it's making people at least, since they're bringing it to your doorstep almost literally, it's making people start to think about class in America, about um, taking care of the least protected parts of society, or what are we going to do with these people? And these people would be in a quote, quotation because when you look at any family that's you know we're an immigrant country, everybody's what maybe two generations out of poverty max. Mm-hmm. You know, out right. of out of right. I got off I got off the boat with yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know, so. At some point, somebody in your family or somebody you knew or grew up with or something is one of these people who's living in one of these tents. So maybe we'll show some sort of compassion and empathy for these people. I mean, as as a property owner here, it's frustrating when I walk outside of my property and there's a new mattress and there's new human feces and there's new... Really? It's like that? Oh, man, it's nuts. And then also, people are dumping trash everywhere in Oakland because there's already trash. And I think that some people are even getting a moral justification of it saying, well, hey, somebody could use this as a chair. It's a bed, et cetera. But no, you just illegally dump it on the street and add it to the problem. Right, right, right. And and they do these massive cleanups. then two or three days later, same amount of trash, if not more. Really? And it's not, I mean, think about it are poor people dumping jacuzzi tubs on the street are poor people like, can they afford to get rid of a mattress set? Right. Like, no, like, you know, or a whole dining set or right. And even, I mean, if you're living in a
1: tent then you also
2: don't have use for that. Yeah. So, so why are you jumping, dumping mattresses across from these guys in these tents, Right. you know? So there's this, Mm. this, uh, I guess, symbiotic, negative symbiotic relationship between sort of the haves who have too much and are upgrading their places and are, uh, uh, you know yeah. adding on taking their garbage instead of the they don't have enough they feel they don't have enough to pay the proper disposal ways to do it so they're coming mm-hmm. over and dumping in Oakland and, I, and I don't think it's just Oakland residents I know for a fact it's really? not Oakland I think uh, contractors restaurant owners just regular citizens come hop off the freeway from wherever they come through the tunnel the Concords the Walnut Creeks Le- and, and come dump yeah, in right. Oakland and, and if you go to San Leandro first city over. Yeah. If you go to Berkeley, first city over. Right. You don't see that. Really? So how come, so how, would you think it's just Oakland people are dirty. Oakland, the place with the highest retail value, you know, uh, real estate property values, you know, where, you know, median home values like 600, you know, like yeah, yeah. they're just dirty, nasty people who want to, who want garbage all over the street. Mm. Nah, it's people coming from all over and dumping here and that, and that's, a, that's frustrating to me but I don't, I don't know the solution except if it's punitive and, I, you know, as like my kids go to school in East Oakland, they dump there every day, every really? single day by the school. Every single man, every single day. It's also a hair spot by the school too. Dang. So they're leaving armchairs out there, guys, can shoot up in. But yeah. every single day, we went to get a camera system that would be able to recognize um, license plates and all that. Okay. Thirty thousand dollars for the camera system plus monitoring to go to the city. Right. And then when that happens, they still don't do anything but issue a ticket. Right. It's not. There's no criminal and that doesn't really do anything at all. It Does nothing because yeah. first of all, the people who are doing the dumping probably can afford to pay it. Sure. Or or they just never. They've they've. I think there's like two or three million dollars in fines that they've sent out, mm. and I think they've collected maybe seventy grand or something like that. Wow. Because there's no there's no recourse. I'm like, if you catch somebody, dump- I mean, I'll call people dumping and, and pulled out burgers. You know, like yo, wow. don't do that over here, bro. Sure. You know, but if you catch somebody dumping. There's no recourse. You get a slap on the wrist. I would say impound their vehicle right there. Sure, okay, you yeah. want to dump on the streets? Here we taking the car to now. Leave that with us. Right, right, I bet right. you would have stopped quickly. Yeah, definitely. You know? But yeah. but I I don't understand the the administration's response towards it because this is new too. I mean the dumping's been going on a while, but the Shantytown thing is like
1: two three years. Wow. What about that uh, the fire uh, and. The, the fires, the fires, because there's one. There was one a couple days ago, right? Yeah, that was like a high-rise, a new prefab but, but, high-rise. But right? three or four of those have gone down. Really, one went down twice. So twice
2: really, on the same location. Same location, and wow. it's burning the houses next to it too. Oh wow! So at first, I was, you know, it happens once. I think it's unscrupulous land, landlords. China. Well, when it happens to a place that's inhabited or with with uh, with residents and and the resident uh, rents are underperforming, mm. I think it's the landlord. Dude, it's arson yeah, it's that, but no it's all yeah. arson it's all arson
1: okay. it's all arson right
2: I mean, you know accident on fire over here happening at all hmm. how, how are you going to accidentally burn down a construction site Well, well you, you're, you're the, the your security point. guard and you're smoking a cigarette yeah. and you tossed it you know that's the first thing they probably tell you don't do that so it right. wasn't you and you don't right. want to lose your job Right. right it's right. arson but now who is the culprit of the arson I think some of it might be a uh, a radical anti-gentrification firebug, and okay. some of it might be um, developers who are who are either in over their head and want to get this insurance money, mm, or yeah. or um, don't feel like finishing the projects. I don't know, but I mean, There's I've seen one place push- burn down twice. Pushback
1: around here too, obviously, right? A lot of it, yeah.
2: Yeah, but the pushback
1: is is it it's coming from like the wrong side, or is it?
2: I I can't explain it. It's right. the pushback for the powerless is not to go burn shit down because mm-hmm. they want housing. Yeah. So the hope is eventually that that housing will a portion of it will be lower income, but they're not going to burn it down and risk their neighbor. They live there in these right. places. They're not right. going to burn out. So to me, and this is going to go way out to come back in. When I look at U.S. Antifa, when I look at black Bloc and all these kind of things, I think we have a group of people who don't have to worry about the consequences of their very radical actions mm-hmm. in areas that they don't live in. They don't work in. They don't visit. They come, they wrap themselves up, they do some shit like burn something down because fuck the system and fuck and fuck right. gentrification, or they do some shit like break every window somewhere, and and, and then they go back to wherever they're from, where the police and presence isn't increased because of that, but it's increased in the hood now. Yeah, you know, all and any protest looks like a riot now, you know, mm. and see, so so I there's some misplaced. Uh, I, I think that people's hearts are in the right place, because I think everybody on earth. Except for bad people, wants everybody to be fed, clothed, housed, educated, absolutely, and and and, and and cared for health wise. Yeah. I, I don't even think the guys who are cutting health care don't want it; no. they just don't want to pay for it, and they right. want they want their taxes to go to their pockets right, right, or or war. I guess world worldwide endless war. Right. So I don't, you know, so there's a base human thing that I think everybody's operating out of, but I think sometimes some of the more radical factions on right and left have weird ass ways of going about doing this. And I think burning down construction sites endangers human beings. So it's going against, even if you're saying this is wrong, this is anti-human, we're not making housing for everyone. We're only making housing for a certain group. You're burning, you're sending carbon emissions into the air. Yeah. You what I'm saying? You, you, you're, you're creating a, now it's a double work cycle because they're just going to remake they You're not going to stop anything. Right. They're not stopping anything. You're creating right. increased insurance premium. So the insurance fat cats, you know, like you're not, there's the, 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 um, the result of your actions is not your end goal. And I, and that's, that's confusing all over. Like, you know, like if we're going to burn everything down, let's burn everything down, but let's not just target certain things and feel smug and, and sure about that. Because I doubted somebody who even lives in that area. Like I'm, not, I'm saying it's not some guy who's like,
0: I grew up playing in this park. Right. Now they gonna knock it down
2: and make a high rise. Yeah. I'm gonna burn that thing down. Mm-hmm. No, nope, like right. hood fools don't think like that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying the hood is a monolith. But cats ain't like I'm gonna endanger my life, endanger my well, freedom yeah, to great, make a point huh? about gentrification. Right. That's like some, like when you see after these quote unquote riots and protests, capitalist pigs go home, and and the windows on the Starbucks and the. Uh, they be, be of air broken. Right. That's not hood cats like fighting police brutality or fighting, you know what I'm saying? Or even it's fighting. People that are coming in. It's fools that are coming in right. who, are, who, are, who are like, I'm anti this and I'm anti that. It's a philosophical fight that they're fighting, but it has real results that, that uh, adversely affect poor people. And since poor skews colored in America... Mm-hmm. Colored people, you know what I mean, but I think a so lot it of these might have more of an adverse effect more, than anything. Right? Not actually, definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, look at what Occupy Wall Street was going down. Yeah, what cumulative change has happened since then? Nothing. In fact, yeah. it's gone more strict, more surveillance, more draconian, right. more police money, etc. So did they? Did they? Did they get anybody's debt absolved? Did they? You know? Did they free any political prisoners? Is there more housing available for for people? You know, right. like. I don't. But, you know, I'm also 42. I've also had a relative level of success in life. I've traveled the world. My family is taken care of. So maybe I have a bourgeois perspective. But 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 when I look at the real hard reality of the responses to these actions, it's never it's not it's not increased safety, health, happiness, liberty, any of that for the people who they say that they're looking out for which is the little guy or those people who aren't are, are the
1: least protected and most vulnerable right. under this system so having just come back from europe from touring overseas you know obviously you you always pick up uh a bunch of of you know people's opinions and especially at a rap show especially for souls of mischief who have a long history overseas too so i'm sure and people know that you're You know, politically minded. So I'm sure you have people coming up to you, the show, trying to express their, uh, you know, what, like, their reactionary kind of feelings towards, like, you know, obviously Trump and what's going on here. And and then what's the, what's that like? If that's, I don't know if that's an accurate kind of assessment or what. It went from when we first started traveling the world, people being
2: like, I want to hop in your suitcase with you. I love America. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's Clinton, Clinton years or whatever. Sure to when Bush got an office. Like, fools be acting like Bush wasn't the worst president we ever had in the history of mankind. He was so bad, in fact, a black guy got elected next. (laughs) Come on, let's keep it real. He was so terrible, the worst ever, that a black dude got elected next. Now all of a sudden, uh, Obama's the bad guy and all that kind of, so people used to be like, let me hop in your suitcase. Go back. Then when Bush got elected, we'd have to tell people we were Canadians overseas. We don't get our food spit in. I don't want to have a long-ass political debate. I didn't vote for that. I'm a black dude. I'm not even down with this system or none of this yeah, at yeah. all. Like, But it used to be visibly we know it's not y'all but what's going on. Yeah. But then when you start looking at the Bush era and all that kind of stuff and even the Obama era. Obama, I say, helped our esteem worldwide because it seemed like we were being more global-minded and, and open-minded. However, if we're bombing the shit out of everybody... We're droning everybody. We're creating all kinds of terror that never makes it here. Right. It only affects the closest stuff out there. Right, right People right. are still looking. And then also, when you look at the, the turn that rap made, so we went from, you know, black medallions, uh, you know, no gold to platinum and and platinum teeth, yeah, platinum teeth with diamonds. Right. That doesn't even sound like a. That sounds like a Ghostface line, right? That's yes. a real thing, That's like a very platinum real teeth thing. with
1: diamonds. And it's not just fronts; it's individual teeth. Yeah. I mean, it's so.
2: So then people would start looking at like, it is y'all too. Unfortunately, this is the only thing that we export is this sort of hip hop or entertainment culture. So they don't look Mm -hmm. at it like most guys like, if we put a room full of black guys, 87% of them wouldn't have any sort of gold teeth, whatever, whatsoever. (laughs) And then of the guys with gold teeth... How many of them have platinum teeth and then how many of them have platinum teeth with diamonds? It's a super small subset of like 10 people, you know, but that's the marketing that's overseas. So then it's like, and y'all are just as bad as everybody else. And especially from Africans, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. who are all trying, you know, they're trying to come up. No, I mean, they're looking at America as an opportunity. They're like, how are y'all squandering your opportunities on Bugattis and platinum teeth? Like what's well, going yeah, on?
1: Yeah, that's a whole other argument too. Yeah, yeah where their perspective is how like we are taking it all for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it, all so. these
2: opportunities, and right. this is what you're doing? You're not, you know, you can be a doctor, and you're not going to be a doctor. You're going to drive, you know, you're going to just help. You're going to face tattoo instead, right? You know, you're black China, you know, like yeah, all this yeah. stuff. So it's changed completely, right? But not. So, I mean, we have to remember George Bush was our president for eight years. Started a war. Over some BS, right? You know what I'm saying? People are so, forgetting so that quickly. So. And it's so weird because I'm I like know. Trump, and then on top of that, we were talking about this in the car. Well, let's talk about the, the, my travels. So right. then, in my travels, it's since Bush has been in office, it's been like, yo, I'm Canadian, right. you know. Like unless the people know who I am, Certainly. and then this past trip, which is probably our first one post Trump, I mean, that was the only thing people wanted to talk about. And then I have I to explain, like, you. the electoral college system. Like, actually, the majority of people didn't even vote for the guy. Right. You know, right. You, you have to, you have to explain to that. Right. So so you could, I mean, and also people have this view of Americans. Y'all are fat. Y'all are ignorant. Y'all are loud. Y'all right. are y'all are bores, basically. And right, right. that's cool. You know, we can also say y'all are snobby. You stink. Your teeth are bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, y'all are imperialists. and You act like... Yeah we you know we do all the dirty work, but y'all are just as imperial. You know, there's no such thing as British tea. There's no tea growing in Britain. Right, right, there's right, no right. chocolate growing in in uh, Holland for there to be Dutch chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Or point. Swiss chocolate. Yeah. There's no sure. c- cacao beans. Right, that, that's right. straight rape money. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like you go to the Reichs Museum and all these great museums. Like I've been to Egypt and I've been to the Louvre and I've been to the Royal, uh, you know, the Royal Museum. Yeah. Everything from Egypt is in the Louvre and the British Royal Museum. Nothing is in the pyramids. Right, right Even the right. things that are in the pyramids are replicas. It says it. Like, you know, the actual really? thing is in Britain at this. Wow. So, they they kind of have this position, like, you all are so backwards and you, you, you're you still in, you know, you guys are starting wars everywhere. But I'm like, y'all all are participating. It's all, y'all in cahoots. So, we have these conversations about Trump a lot, et cetera, and I, I've got to explain to them, like, yo, the majority of Americans don't even follow or, pre- but... You know, aren't even down with any of this stuff. I'm I'm from California. Like, you know, know, we're our own country almost. We're almost the opposite. Absolutely. But but then also, it's more nuanced than that too. You get outside the inner city and you're in America. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to Stockton or even Concord or something like that. I'm in a triple K America. I'm not in just. So it's nuanced. And I think that that was what I ended up explaining to everybody this last time. Mm -hmm. However, when you have an idiot who's not even a successful businessman,
1: right
2: you know he's not even good at what he purports to be definitely not a billionaire he would have shown his taxes right of course. you know a a robber baron who's been laundering money for russian oligarchs and and thieves for the past whatever how many years through his through his through deutsche bank and through his Mm -hmm. towers etc as the as the highest standard of human being that we're putting out because we don't have a pope we don't have a king yeah we have the president yeah and we you know we're politicians but the president who's supposed to be the pinnacle when our pinnacle is such a loser, it, there's, there's no ground for us to really stand on. Right. Because I could understand if he had, you know, oh, there was that one scandal. Or, oh, this guy, some of the things he says is problematic. This is the worst dude. This is a dude I'll smack the shit out of in real life. Right. You see what I'm saying, though? Like, uh, let's go somewhere else because I'm end up smacking this guy. Right. You know, like, I wouldn't even want to eat dinner next to him in a restaurant. <laughs> of course. You know, he's going to be loud. He's going to have people around him. He's going to be speaking and, and saying things. So if that's the pinnacle of what we put forth as leadership, we have no ground to stand. I can't even really argue. So I have to just explain that it's nuanced. It's not as serious. It's not as uh, simple as everybody thinks, yeah. the electoral college system. I mean, but then it makes you look deeper into it, and it's like, why is, why is it how it is? And it, 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 America is kind of it's a big trap. And then also, if I'm driving down the street, this is what really tripped me out. Ain't no okay. shanty towns in any of those other places. Right. You know, so I went all over Europe. Shit was clean. If there was, even the graffiti was organized or, or, or right. orderly. Sure, the sure, ground sure. wasn't dirty just where the graffiti is. Right, right. We're out, sure. Where we're at, the places where the, all the graffiti is, there's probably human waste on the ground too. Yeah, definitely. And stuff. But it's, it's so deep because I'm like, they also don't spend 55% of their money on imperialism. So, they have street sweepers that work 24 hours a day, every day, on every street. Right, right. You know what I mean, though? They have anti-abatement, you know, graffiti abatement people that work every day. They have programs for kids where they have areas where you can do graffiti. Mm -hmm. They have money for homeless shelters. They've got, you know, we went to some places where they're paying people just the wage just to exist, which is really, when we're moving forward, when we talk about mechanization and all that kind of stuff, that's really the direction that we're all is humans moving into so but we're fighting that because of this individualism and socialism is such a dirty word even though we are socialists with regard to all the businesses the big businesses here right, right, with right. these bailouts and stuff it's it's just yeah i, I mean i kind of got to agree with them americans is pretty dumb too you know when we got guys voting against their own health care yes Clint, during clinton the hot button was welfare right right during clinton the, more than 60 percent of people on welfare were white all them people were voting to cut their own services. Because right, right. the visual representation of welfare is fat black lady, fat Latina, 30 kids, etc. Right. When you combine all groups that are non-white on welfare or poor in poverty, it's still less mm-hmm. than just mm-hmm. white people. And so it's the same thing now. We got guys voting against health care. Right. We got guys talking about small government. And all these people are in states that use the most government services. Sure, it, it, it's, it's a complete... It's like a racism bizarro hat. <laughs> I don't know that makes people see the opposite of reality. Yeah, And I, I, it, it's frustrating because I think that, like I said, I think there's a basic human level of decency that we all feel everybody should be afforded. Of Even course. the most jaded of people were like, I hate niggas, I can't stand these fucking devils. They're still like, I don't hate their kids, though. They're they <laughs> well, children. I want sure. the kids to be safe, I'm just like
1: I want, yeah. my, I want our kids to play together. You know, yeah, it's a human you know, emotion that's like internal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so I think they all want similar outcomes, but we're able to be manipulated by by those in power. And we're not it's getting worse and more insular instead of coming together. You know, like even the um, police shooting black people at an alarming rate. Yeah. Right. Yes. But They're shooting everybody at an alarming rate. So instead of it being like, look, our cops shouldn't even be killing us. It's like you're killing us, particularly, and they are. However, That's they're so. also killing. When you look at the sheer numbers, they're killing yeah. more white people than they are blacks. It's just um, skewed by percentage of population. So, right. so I can you can say, yeah, there is some racist stuff going on, but there uh, the meta problem is overzealous, scared police, overequipped with military surplus
1: gear, well, undoubtedly yeah. that
2: that are that are scared of the citizenry instead of being there as public servants, right. and instead of us rallying behind all of us poor poor people. People of color, right. uh, people who've been victims of police violence and corruptions. Instead of coming together,
1: we split it up into these factions, who are then fighting each other. Yeah, and know? not to sound like an ageist too, but when like you know you have a 21 year old police officer with a very like maybe skewed frame of reference of of uh, or that's being displaced to smaller communities too. Because um, I see it in New York all the time. Like young guys, you know, um, that may just be ill-prepared for, for things like that. But it's an easy... For easier-
2: everything, let alone things like that. You look at our school right.
1: system, et cetera. Sure, and then absolutely. they're not
2: taking the, the, the sharpest pencils and making them cops. You know, no. the sharpest pencils go to law school or whatever. Right. right? These guys are just like, hey, be some meat that is a a buffer between chaos <laughs> and whatever rich people want. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I get it. I just... I don't understand how the rest of the world, when we talk about the developed world, doesn't have these uniquely American problems. Right. And, and, and we have all these resources and we're squandering them on, on a worldwide, like a global war campaign that I guess is really working for us because it's keeping us running, but mm-hmm. it's not sustainable. When there's nobody left to kill, we're going to have to hire somebody and create some jobs, create some businesses. Right. You know, when the not even nobody left to kill. Nobody left to create this illusion of preparedness and protection from. Exactly. And that might be never. You can yeah. always say there's some terrorist group. I mean, look at ISIS. ISIS didn't exist when Al Qaeda yeah. existed. Al Qaeda didn't exist when the Mujahideen existed. Mujahideen didn't exist when we were worried about Mao and the KGB and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. so that concept continues it, to thrive. So, so that's why I mean, so you can always create this sort of terror thing. Right. I mean, and even with here, with the gated communities, inner-city terror, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's always possible to create this sort of specter of danger that we can then use
1: our industrial complex to create products and jobs to thwart. Right. So, so I mean, how do you uh, even stay, like... Um Interested in creating any kind of music in the sense, all that shit. Because I mean, you're—I mean, I know it's kind of a—it's a, a hard right as far of change mm-hmm. as far as the top, what we're talking no, about. No, yeah, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you're still—I mean, since you just got—you just did a tour, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you have like another career. You have a couple other non-music things that are a big part of your life too, and have a family. But like, you're still have some—you're still act, somewhat active too. Yeah. Like, well, my new album's called Rap Noir, Okay. so it's like
2: Hitchcock, sort of murder stories, pimping, really? drug dealing. You know what I mean? But that's kind of uh, it's it's you know it's like making an action movie instead of making a art art house flick. Right? right, right, right. But it was more like brought out by the beats and brought out by the stuff I'm seeing. Like whereas Hyro, like we our building is. Catacorners from heroin spot, you know, like it's sure. in deep East Oakland, and an area that some people would consider dangerous. I feel like it's the safest area, period, because nobody bothers you because they're doing their own thing. Right, but, like, but I, they're preoccupied. So, but you see stuff, and you, you know, I grow up around. You know, I got homies doing life. I got, you know, I'm, I'm putting. I got a book out by my buddy who's been wrongly uh, in prison. You know, and 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 they try to give him 72 to life. They just dropped off 14 years from his thing because he didn't do what they know. Really? He's basically being somebody shot at him, missed him, killed somebody, and they tried the guy who shot at him and him together. Wow! And put them both seventy-two to life. Wow! Which is crazy because yeah. it's just like you know this bullet didn't come from my gun. You know that if I had, you know, it was a shootout, but you know yeah. if had if I had not have shot this guy, that I'd be dead. Right. However, you're going to put us both in jail for this long amount of time. So I'm putting out books by him because yeah. What, so what's the story with that? I mean, I got the, the first book is called A Day in the Life of a Hustler. Second one is called Swapping Places. And so I mean, he's he's just a smart dude. Has the got, first one come out? It's out right now. Okay, cool. So it's, you know, you can get it off Amazon and Kindle and really? all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's selling books. is difficult. That's like yeah. selling broccoli or something. <laughs> you know, like you could probably sell more kale yeah. than books right, around, right. right right now. You know, books aren't. But but I'm just trying to use all my sort of outlets and use all these technologies to, to really uh, increase my creative output. So making sure. music is not a big deal to me. I, right. I just want to make, like I dropped this Rap Noir album and I was sitting around with my homies and I was just like, damn, all these beats make me think of crime and vice and stuff like that. So maybe I do need to clear my head of all that's going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and sort of ter- turn the corner with regard to what I'm intaking so my output can be a little bit more positive. Right. But it doesn't, like, rap is therapy. So the, the, making music is not stopping. It's just where my subject matter has been a little bit more seedy right. because of what I'm seeing going on around me. But that's... Uh, that, this, that, this project, too,
1: is the, the basically the last album was Power Movement, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I came out with a mixtape in between. Right. And uh, I, the Superstars record, but that was done in 2000. And also... um this album called Nun Type I don't know if that was no that might have been oh that was before the, I think that was before Power Movement Stinky Stinky yeah but you know but mainly I mean mainly Souls and Mischief Records sure. so two of those Um, what is it called Hyrule uh, Records of course all that in between and then just Living Life yeah okay. so Power Movement was more like okay when I make projects I get in, it's immersive sure so Power Movement was like G.I. Joe revolutionary kind of gorilla, right. but with the imagery with the style
1: yeah. of music, everything. And talking about I mean that is a that's a, a Bush era record too. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Now, during that period of yeah. time if you look back. Yeah.
2: And so this is more like I mean I finished rap noir a little while ago, but it's just like I'd be in some wild environments. I think that people think that it's people have this sort of cutting uh singular view of life in general and then of black life in general. But like I said, like my partner, that's doing life, is a prolific writer. His kid is an actual, real genius doing like college level equations at six. Wow! You know what I mean, though. Right. From the hood, gets and shoot out. You see what I'm saying? Though? Like, yeah. it, there, there, there's all these different dimensions that go on. So I'm around like some wild stuff, and so I was like, you know what? Let me narrate
1: some of this stuff so people can get an understanding of what goes on around here. Right, right. You know, so. Well, I think so. I mean, I, I would like to think that souls and mischief sort of. As a group, too, sort of embodies that, too. where I, I would hope, but needed. some
2: people, for some reason, we've just been turned into, first of all, Backpack Rap came out after we came out. Like, oh, we, there sure. was no such thing as Backpack Rap. No. You know what I mean? Like, that, that splinter off, and it really came around the time we came out, because uh, it was more, like, Black Moon had the backpacks. It was right. Rough House Survivors, check my backpack. Right. But that was more like a New York, I'm on the go. You might have a gun and a 40 in your backpack. Yeah. It wasn't like, this is hip-hop and this is rap. Or yeah. this is funny style and this is street style. Right, right, right. So we've always tried to embody that because we're, like, we're just normal dudes from Oakland, but Oakland is wild. And I think this is in that vein. I don't think it's any darker than, say, anything can happen or mm-hmm. you know any of these other stories that we tell. Right. However... I just went with it this time, you know, yeah, I'm cool. probably going to do the black suits and I think my promo thing is going to be like a three eye ski mask, you know, right, things like that. Right, like, right, right. But it's just, Hey, we're rolling with that. Like I have an album release coming up and
1: I'm, we're going to wear all black. I got black food, you know, it's gonna cool. Be, yeah, I did that. So it's interesting too. just even thinking really quickly, I was just thinking of souls of mischief in the, in the, and the, um, transition from that from the debut to uh, to No Man's Land, which mm-hmm. is a really kind of an, an interesting thing, because I think it also it's it, going back to Oakland and this whole area too. It sort of shows a transition of that period of time too, really from like the early '90s to the to the mid '90s and high
2: high school to grown. Yeah, you know, seeing fools fall off, seeing fools decide to sell dope or be killers and all that kind of stuff and. When we don't have this unifying era, a four-star thing of having to go to school every day, yeah, and watching fools make their choices and go into that thing, like right. we we're talking about no man's land. We we're talking about Oakland, like we called the okay. land, so it was like no man's land, you know. It's so, it, I think that is an accurate description. It was a transition. And I, I mean, I think history has been good to that record. To I no think there was the time period, it
1: was it was. Seen as such a departure, it was maybe a little misunderstood by the press because if yeah. you didn't really live here too, maybe you, didn't you missed know, a little yeah. bit. Of You're the, like
2: these guys are about sun and right. happiness, and now they're talking about not sun and not happiness. I'm like, you look at our listen to our first album. It's like "Live and Let Live" is about shooting people who mess with us, right? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, half that stuff is like like tell, tell me who profits. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Anything can happen. Oh, Those yeah. are all like. Serial Gang Stories. Yeah, the themes like are that. intact. I'm yeah. intact. And in fact, No Man's Land probably has more freestyle, just rap, rap, right? Than the first record. It's more of the beat style and everything. But press,
1: man, <laughs> no, you I know did. what I'm saying? Though no, they yeah. they
2: have no idea what they're talking about, right? Ever, right, right now. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Right now. Well, yeah. There's no level for qualifications right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, there's no quality. There's no control. metric. Yeah, yeah, right metric. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, but so I don't ever, ever worry about that and that's why I say history is kind of since we made that departure it kind of became understood that we're not going to be closed into these boxes we're going to be flipping things differently and I think hieroglyphics has made a good living off of that like every one of our projects is different I don't think any are missteps you know so in the long term I think that you know when you look back like at a Ramsey Lewis or mm-hmm. George Clinton or anything like right. that you're like all this shit is great right. so I, I, I'm happy that That departure was made, and I think I'm happy that Oakland is the the soundscape. Like, first of all, we never left. None of us, you know. Right. Like, I think Dell lives in Richmond, but that's not really, you know, still basically, and he's still around here. But um, I'm glad that it's been sort of a dynamic place too. So it's allowed our our musical dynamism that to 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 be sort of a tradition that we create. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's obviously informed the music the whole constantly, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, even the beat style in No Man's Land is more like okay we're in high school we're listening to these jazzy things because right. we're Walkman right sure now I got a car because I'm a rapper and uh-huh. I got 16s in it and all this kind of stuff I want to hear something with some bump yeah you know bump. so I'm driving around slapping something you know right, right, right. then the next record trilogy it's like okay we're a little older we've been through it we're indie yeah This is these are the things that we're yeah we're into. the samples
1: are maybe it's a little more sophisticated in a way it's more mm. cosmic you guys are kind of yeah, you're evolving because that's the thing too. Is it, I was kind of thinking about this as well, and sort of thinking almost about prodigy a little bit in regards mm-hmm. to this. Because um, there's, I think there's few groups that that start out on a commercial level in hip hop at a young age that mm-hmm. can actually keep things going in a totally respectable and successful, progressive way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Mob Deep obviously is yeah. one of them. But yeah. you guys were, you guys are basically the same age. No, as No, we were came even. Up. We were, yeah, yep. Like, yeah, like, Prodigy,
2: what, he was 42, he was going to be 43 this year, so we're the same age, right? Yeah, and coming out with records around the same. But we never came out, I think, Mob Deep, uh, Peer Pressure, was the yeah. youngest song they made. Definitely. Everything else was grown, grown man music, you know, right, right. even on that first album. And yeah. I think that's the same with us. Like, we had, you know, we had these things that sort of are teen issues, mm-hmm. first record. But then after that, it's like we've been grown and, and we live in life, you know, been on our own. So I think that... Um, we've been allowed to progress as grown people rather yeah. than them trying to keep us young because Jive wanted to keep us young for, because kid groups make a lot of money and you can show sure. them up and spit them out. But. And if you look at
1: Jive in later years, I yeah. mean, that's what they
2: mean. Street Boys. Yeah, all that stuff.
1: Brittany. Yeah, all that shit. Well, that was a big change for, that's kind of part of the reason why you, hieroglyphics even went. Oh, this. no, we got dropped though because they, because
2: they were going to go in yeah. that direction. They yeah. wanted us to make, they wanted us to remake a song from our demo, the Cab Fair song for really? our second album. And we resisted them on that, but they had they had their sights set higher. And I'm pretty sure I mean Jive is defunct, so I'm pretty sure them guys are all sitting fat somewhere and they are cashed out. Oh, I uh, don't
1: doubt it. Yeah, but but they're also defunct. We yeah. still exist. You know? Yeah, so, exactly. I, so what's like so as far as like currently because um, hi, for hieroglyphics, I'm curious like what how the you know how you guys keep the chemistry going as far as a business too because there's it, it's evolved too. You have like the the festival kind of mm-hmm. jump off now every, it's like around Labor Day or
2: something? Yeah, so 9 93. Right, September so oh, 3rd. No, so, okay. so Labor Day right was now. on 9-3 the first year we did it. Mm-hmm. And then so now we just do it on Labor Day because it's like a yeah. day party, sure. last party of the summer, tradition kind of thing.
1: How does that, how do you build that out? It's like, a, it's obviously a big group of guys, so you have to sort of agree on a lot of stuff, right? Like-
2: well, we have a central committee, right. and then everybody's input is respected. So when you look at how it's curated, it, you'll see this it. like, oh, this guy brought this and this guy mm-hmm. brought that. But we try to treat it just like a music festival and and stay fans. And I mean Tim House has been really good in, in right. sort of staying connected to to the younger stuff. Right. So but we wanted we want to say, hey, well what what fest what is missing? And it's kinda like I think Rock the Bell's provided that to a large extent. Sure. And it's gone now. So right. we're kinda slipped into that position mm-hmm. but with a sort of a bass slant, you know, like last year we had short and juvie there. Like right, I don't right. think you would see them at a Rock the Bells necessarily. Maybe right. toward in the later years, but right, but, right. but but for us, that's like definitely like hell yeah. And that's not something we worry about violence or anything. Going that's all you know. Short and Juvia is party music. You know they're both oh, sure. fun fun rappers. Right, right. You know, so we we just try to curate something where it's like, what festival would you want to go to? And now that festivals have become like the new way, I mean, it's, they're just concerts. but but there was no concerts for so long because of violence and all that kind of Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. you had to mix it up Mm -hmm. that now it's sort of moved to this festival thing and we're trying to do something that uh, is different from all these other sort of I don't want to say generic in a negative way. I guess it is but it's like you have people who you can tell are not connected to the culture maybe just doing a lineup of their favorite bands and I think the difference between that and the Hyrule Day is you can see the connection to the culture and and the 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 thread going throughout. Yeah, the, and I mean, like indie legends. culture, underground culture, right. local culture, right, right. foodie culture, all that. Like, yeah. we don't just have a, a hot dog, corn dog vendors right, and, right. and and big churros and things like that. Yeah, like, we have local stuff. fools right. who are from here who are dope food trucks. You know, right. we have local businessmen. The, even the, the the stuff that we're giving away is all, you know, it's like a local thing. Then we, I mean, you know, we had like Anderson Pack and knowledge before before they really bubbled. Mm-hmm. We had Kehlani, you know, um, Saba, you know, like all that's these dope. people where it's like, it's not like we're trying to catch them before they bubble. We're just yeah. like, this shit is dope. Somebody's got to check this out. And then when people finally do check it out, they're like, whoa, this shit is really dope. Yeah. And
1: that's kind of where we're trying to keep going, man. Because in the East Bay, there's not like, obviously there's stuff over in San Francisco, outside lands and Treasure Island and these kind of longstanding kind of. More corporatized uh, type of big 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 tent type of events, Grove. right? Yeah. Um, but in the East Bay, I mean, there's there's not a lot of multi like artists. Uh, They're starting. Festivals. It's starting, right. and I think that has to do with the demographic shift too. Sort Nobody has $100 for a hundred
2: dollars for a party or two hundred dollars for a party. Oh, seriously? Or or the internet access. Now that it's in the phone, yeah. But before the internet access to get the ticket the day it came out, so mm-hmm. you know, outside lands all that stuff be sold out before the average Joe. Yeah, can, can even, you know, sure, he's sure. not sitting at his tech job with a pop up that says, Yo, outside of bands, tickets are open. Yeah, like, but that's changing with the phones because right. now, you know, with uh, bands in town and all these things, if you have Instagram or Twitter, you have that, you can get that too. Yeah. So it's changing a little bit. Right. But we are sort of, we were kind of on the vanguard. They had Art and Soul. Oh, right, right. Um, now they have that thing. Uh, they got a couple things, one in Alameda. But, I mean, you look at the lineup, I'm like, that ain't what we're trying to do. Sure. Right? And then they have um, Bay Area Vibes, which is like reggae-centric with, with um, then they have Nas there and like Bass Nectar and stuff. Right, which is also a different lane. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that they're, sure. they're at least respecting the diversity of listeners. Right, right. We're just trying to get a cool festival, affordable, that, that people out here would be proud to go to. And even if you're not in the music, you'll be exposed to new music, but you got food, you got jumpers for the kids. Right, right. So it's really a... It started as a block party. Right. And that's... We're trying to keep that vibe mm-hmm. with, with with while expanding and increasing the, the value of right.
1: it. Right. Well, speaking of phones, too, I just... I, I was curious about this, too, if you feel like talking about it or not, but I know that... And we mentioned this, of course, like, in a, a few minutes ago when we were just talking, but, like, I noticed a while ago when you, you totally pulled out completely of social media and stuff, mm-hmm. which... No, no matter who it is, whether it's like an artist or just a regular human being that isn't uh, in that uh, arena, it's always fascinating and liberating. You kind of like, I'm excited to see someone get off of that. And because mm-hmm. and you can, doesn't mean that you're getting, you know, out of life. and No, way of, you're
2: getting more into life. No doubt. Yeah. So yeah. I was
1: wondering, like, when you did that, like, it, like I thought it was a cool, it was obviously a respectable move, but... What, how did, I mean? It's kind of a trip to even ask like how that, what that was like, because it's such a social norm now too. But it's
2: it's hard because I have products to promote. Yeah, but beyond like that, now that my social media is Rap Noir Project, Rap Noir Project, Hibiscus Garden Hotel, which is a new hotel I got down in uh, Panama, and um, Pro Intel Company, which is like my design firm, not necessarily architectural design, but clothes. Graphic design, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and so I'm trying to just keep my stuff, keep it professional, right. on on there, you know. And um, if I if it becomes something that's absolutely necessary, I'll probably just get an intern to uh, run it. and then have them be well versed in my philosophy and concepts, but yeah. have them run it. But uh, I use so I'll, I'll still lurk because mm-hmm. you know if I want to find out who died or what 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 um how can I get some cheap tickets to outside lands or. Right. Who, you know, who won the game, it's useful from that perspective. Sure. So, you know, I follow that. And there's eye candy on there. I mean, I'm a male. Right. There's, there's right. eye candy on there. It's good true to look at. True. Food, true. food, porn, yeah, design porn, you know, like, yeah, all that, that, that kind stuff. of stuff. Yeah. So, I see it's utility, but as far as interaction, I'm not big on interaction. Right. Like, it, it, well, they say you're never supposed to meet your heroes. Like, mm-hmm. and then, I'm, I mean, this, I don't want to go racial with it, but like, I'm a 42-year-old black man from Oakland who survived the Reagan era and the mm-hmm. Bush era and the Obama era, living the Trump era. My right. mentality is probably very different than the majority of my fans who are probably half my age right. and from different uh, ethnic and cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds. So it was, I found myself getting into arguments over shit. I'm like, you're a fucking try You love my music. I mean, I, we got... We got Fans are racist and stuff. You know, like, they like our music. They don't like me as a human being or right, right, right. black folks or, you know, hip-hop even. It's like mm-hmm. our music. And I would find myself getting into interactions with them that weren't always positive. And I'm like, this is taking money out of my children's mouth. Mm-hmm. I, don't want, I don't want people to be walk away from like, oh, that guy's an asshole. I like his music, but I'll, I'll, he's an asshole. Right. You know, I'd rather right. just be like, like the music. Let You know the music is here. It exists. You know, and you can purchase it here. through this link. But social media, you look at now, like i got a 20-year-old or, you know, in that age group and all that kind of stuff. They view themselves through that lens. So if you look at the makeup style, fools are walking around like it's a Broadway play or something. You know, like <laughs> right. they're made up like drag queens and stuff. Right. Uh, you look at the clothing style. It's all a look. It's not even like I like this stuff. It's like, oh, this is a look. Right, this right, is right. a fly look. So I don't even want to, I'm more from the, i like a digital immigrant they're kind of digital natives, mm-hmm. and I'm more from the reality is the reality, and that's not, and they really aren't from that. A lot of people, even people who are immigrants, digital immigrants, are not even like that sometimes. Yeah. We think when you add in Facebook, right, and everybody's right, yeah. fronting, and I'm just, I don't care about it. Like, reality is way, way more important than what's going on, and oh, I don't absolutely. need other people to know what's going on. And I mean, like, you tell your movements, your house get burglarized in Oakland, it's that small. Like, yeah. oh, these fools on tour. Right, I'm right. going up in there, you know, yeah, right, like, right. so it's, 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 it's been overall net negative right. for, for me, social media. Well, in I think general. in general for, for, for humanity. Yeah. No
1: question. But yeah. definitely for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. I mean, it'll be like somebody posts a picture of me in Dallas. My, I get a call for my alarm that night, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, damn, you know, to where I have to have a house sitter right, whenever right. I leave now, right, you right. know, and just things like That's that. A, Cause people know where you are. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's been an overall net negative for me. It's gonna be a no for me, dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to, before we kind of wrap up, I, I'm i fascinated by that hotel. Would you want to be down to talk about the hotel a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, what is that exactly?
2: So, it's a 19 rooms. I got a beach, got horses. It's in a, uh, Uh, Santa Catalina, Mm -hmm. uh, Panama, right outside of
1: Santa Catalina. Nice. I've never been to Panama. So
2: Panama just kind of opened up for tourism maybe the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know Panama is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Roads are nicer than they are here. They got this canal. They finally got the money, the canal back after being used for it for a century. Yeah. So now that they have it back, there's more money being pumped into the country. So there's a lot of infrastructure programs going on. No shanty towns. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might see something that looks to you from your western view like it's a shantytown. Of course. But it's yeah. somebody living on their land that with the house they built and they're not begging outside. It, right. You know, they're taken care of. But um, got deep sea fishing, snorkeling, scuba diving. Probably the best wave in Central America. Really? Um, yoga, a lot of crafty stuff, uh, hiking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically I, I went to this place. And I loved it so much. And I was talking to a guy, and he was like, well, I'm the owner. If you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you. And so he's, oh. he sold it. And um, they moved back to Germany. And so I've got uh, a buddy from up north out there running it right now. And she's, like, on it, you know. Nice. We're improving the menu, adding on everything, making sure mm. the cleanliness level is bumped up. Because it's, it's rustic. I mean, you it's going right. to be a dragonfly or a gecko right. in your room at some point. You know, yeah, like, right, it's, right. Not, it's not... Uh, even the Radisson or anything or the Trump Towers or anything. So of course, but it's yeah, good it's for, still... like we got rooms for $20 all the way up to 100 bucks. Oh, So it's good okay. for backpackers. Right. And then we got villas for families and things like that. So it's, a, it's called Hibiscus Garden, HibiscusGarden.com. And it's something where I think that I'm moving towards with my design stuff, mm-hmm. doing more designs in those types of areas. Not trying to overdevelop it, but like doing sort of these bed and breakfasts or just cool houses that are environmentally mm-hmm. friendly mm-hmm. and sort of are in tune with the local environment, because that's the good thing about design. Is I can do it anywhere, from anywhere, right? Sure. As long as I have the local conditions, mm-hmm. I can put things together. I think in the end, my practice is going to be probably that. And then I'm really into fashion, so I think I want to do like some gear and maybe make that my base of operations.
1: Because the thing I think Down people there. don't get, yeah,
2: people don't get about Panama is everything comes through Panama. Okay. So it's know? not more, like if you're on an island. Yeah. Milk is expensive, right? Uh, Bottled water is expensive. Mm -hmm. Panama, everything we have here, this probably came through Panama. Mm. You know, everything, so flat screen costs the same, if not less than everything. Then, we live in a post-UPS, post-FedEx, post-Amazon, post-Google world. So, if it's some, you know, secret uh, capsule Supreme jacket that goes on sale... I can get it and get it sent to me in the middle of the jungle in Panama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the? There's no the first world third world thing, is blurred by the fact that you can have all these first world amenities, delivered to you in the third world. Right. right, Because shit, all the fulfillment is down there anyway. (laughs) You know. So so it kind of changed my mentality. Before I would be like, oh, I gotta live in the states, etc. Now I can't see myself living here much longer. Really? Nah. You know, I mean, my daughter's in immersion Spanish. Um, this, I, I'm 42. I'm not going to live with another 42 here. Like when they talk about all oh, these brothers dying so young of heart attacks and shit like that, you think that's just our diet? Like the dudes that are dying, they have good, like these dudes have good diet. They got tr- personal trainers it's and nutritionists. Right. It's literally the environment we grew up in. how tough it is. And I'm not, uh, totally. it's great. It's the most opportunity. I'm not, I'm not a, just hate everything American. This is where I'm from. Right. I, I can't possibly, you know, but on the same token, it's rough on all people absolutely being a brother in america is tough because there's no solace i'm gonna get my head knocked off in my hood and if i venture outside of my hood i'm gonna get my head knocked off either by a resident who's like what are you doing over here or by the cops Mm. so where's the solace where like just my house and even my house got guys trying to jump through the windows you know i got barbed wire and dogs and cameras and i just live in regular east oakland Right, right, you know, right. and 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 it's not because I'm. Ostentat- I mean, I drive a Tacoma. Like it's not because I'm ostentatious. Yeah, It's because sure. yeah. the hood is full of sharks. Right, right. You know, so there's no solace, or solace, whatever. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. you can't you can't escape this sort of thing. The saying, "Die, die, die," or "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> <Yeah>. And so <laughs> yes, a lot of man. us die. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I don't think I think that's more a um, when you look at the numbers, it's probably more of a class thing. Like I, I don't think I don't think that. Poor people of any color are living a long time. Right. You know? No. But I, but I but think that I'm honestly. most exposed to, in my, you know, I mean, brothers got ulcers. I'm saying, I got homies with ulcers. They've had ulcers since they were 17. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Bald patches. Right. You know, from, from stress, just stress related alopecia and all that kind of sure, stuff sure. since they were youngsters. Like, that was a high school thing right. or early 20s thing. Right. And now some of them dudes have lost their minds. So they're homeless. They're on the street. I mean, I'm seeing them like four teeth later. Right. you know so I can't I can't see it. and I want to. I want my. I got a five year old I hope to have more children but I don't want them growing up with this level of knowledge of stuff that I have. it's it's overwhelming and Absolutely. I and, and I I think knowledge is great but it's got to be tempered with some hope mm-hmm. or else you're just going to defuse I mean them telling you you're not going to live past 21 or 24 makes it so you make decisions like get a face tattoo you know right. what I'm saying yeah. though or or uh, you know, get a felony for sure. some short money. Sure. Because you're like, well, shit, I'm going to be dead or in jail anyways. Yeah, it's kind of a fatalistic kind of choice sometimes. It, I mean, yeah. and I, I think mainstream does not... I think they think... We got this false sense of intelligence in the world. Mm-hmm. Where people think that people in the hood are dumb. Mm-hmm. Just like people think people who talk with a southern accent are slow. Right. Even though, like, that's crazy. That's insane. Yes. It's an accent. Right. It's crazy. Right. Right? Maybe Mississippi, but... No, Hmm. it's just crazy, right? Of course, of
1: course, of course
2: it is. So, so I think that the mainstream thinks, "Oh, these dumb hood nogs, these dumb hood boogers, they just do all this stupid stuff. They, you know, they're idiots." And it's like, nah, somebody was like, "Yo, I'm not gonna not eat tomorrow." (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? If I, if I, you know, if I just do this. My mom might have to work... You know, like, they're making real conscious decisions. Oh, yeah. And they know the consequences. We know the consequences. we visit visiting our daddies in prison, and we, you know, are they dead? Or the homies is locked up for life. But they make these decisions because of that sort of fatalistic... uh view which oftentimes is put in our head like life ain't short life is long Yeah, you know but we don't think like that and I'm, and yeah. I'm not trying to speak for the mentality everybody in the hood or everybody that's broke but I've seen it where cats defuse their own selves early on and now they're my age and they, they got a, a felony jacket they you know they're they unhirable because they didn't put anything inside of their brain right. etc and that's that's just a rough existence it's mm. a rough existence but I don't think it's just because people are dumb or uneducated a lot of times it's like, well, I'm in a capitalist system. That means I need to get to the capital quickest. What has the highest ROI? <laughs> and what do I have access to with yes. the highest ROI? How can I distribute this as wide and far as possible? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a Jay-Z who, who had the opportunities, who created the opportunities. I don't want to be like, that dude wasn't lucky. He's smart. Right? right? He's, and dope at what he does. Sure. And then not only that, like, everybody knows a rapper's better than Jay-Z, so it's not a skill or talent level. It's mm-hmm. what do you do with your money and who do you surround yourself with yes. and how do you put, you know, mm-hmm. you look at LeBron, he put all his homies through college so they could run his businesses. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him with a DUI? Have you seen him mm-hmm. caught naked snorting hella powder with strippers or any of that kind yeah. of stuff? No, but that's because he's a smart person or he's not smart enough to know he's not the smartest guy, and needs to get people around him. Same with Jay-Z, like mm-hmm. you can't make half a Billy
1: rapping. No, not at all. Period. Yeah.
2: No, nobody can. It's not possible. There's not enough people who are going to buy music, even when music was something people bought. Yeah. Like he has more money than all the than everybody for a reason. Right. It's because he was smart with with state property with 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 Rock-A-Wear, with probably all his other investments. I mean, he turned right. title what he put ten million in and yeah. got one hundred fifty back. Like and that's kind money like,
1: keeps expanding. To, yeah, yeah. To everything. Right. Right.
2: But I mean, so these aren't dumb individuals who are just lost and don't know any better. Right. A lot of times they do know better and they make a conscious decision and in a place that's more about surveillance now and snitching and informants and right. and short snitching on yourself on public, public you know, social media and stuff, there's going to be more and more guys going down. Mm-hmm. So it might be smart to invest in something else and, and, and work in something else. And, and for me, it's just been... Um, you know putting out other musicians but that's not the most viable but also um investing in real estate investing in myself upgrading my mental tools so that i have a skill that is universal and can be used worldwide and investing in my kids and their their education and and their experiences because that's really what's important absolutely
1: um well i mean one uh it's, I love sitting and talking to you because I've always thought, I've always admired your mind when it comes to the, to the game, especially oh, first you, with you. hip-hop. Because, you know, we've, we've done some shows together, and mm-hmm. we were in Europe um, out for, for a run one time, mm-hmm. and um, you're always the guy that's the first one up, and, oh, oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and, and working, and working before, you know, working on other stuff before we had to get on the bus, and, and working after the show, and, like, mm-hmm. uh, just always... Um, uh, a great conversation so um, oh, thank you man. yeah thank uh, you. so I appreciate your time and just oh, thank, thank you man. for doing it I'm and- glad you're
2: still bringing the culture man like a lot of cats I think they there's they have opportunities they got a podcast this that and the third but like you said the the metric or the prerequisites they don't have the pedigree and I'm glad like to see you still like oh I'm really nah I've been right. pushing this for a long time putting out dope music you know what I'm saying yeah. finding finding underground stuff and bringing right. it to the forefront so well, it's good to man. see you still doing it man yeah, yeah. for sure because t- I
1: know it's tough is it tough I don't know yeah it's tough well this I love to do because it's it's a hobby right now mm-hmm. so it's not like I, no one owns it that's so the same rap with me man yeah for sure with me. so you can have you can actually truly enjoy it that way yeah, um, yeah. but I'd like to get it sure I'd love to expand it and and I'd uh, love to be able to make it a job where I'm paid, but then that would maybe alter how I have to do this too yeah. Um, but yeah, but to be able to like you know travel and 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 even be able to just sit with you for a little bit and, and talk about your career and, and your thoughts and stuff it's that's the value for me is just getting a moment of someone's to he- listen to someone chat and I know that by me relaying it to people there's a lot of folks that otherwise that have been fans of of, Souls and Mischief of your work in one period or another that probably don't know all this other stuff mm-hmm. that don't, that aren't privy to the conversation we might have backstage or, um, traveling to a gig or when you meet someone for an actual business meeting or something like that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's dope. So thanks again. Man. No, man. Thank you. Good looking. Yeah. All right. Much thanks to my man Tajay in the place. Recorded in Oakland, the house list Thank you guys so much for listening If this was your first time listening, please subscribe on iTunes Subscribe on SoundCloud Shout out to the people that listen on SoundCloud Let's keep reposting this and make the most of that Outlet while it's around So thank you, let's get it out there Spread the word, if you're a fan of Hieroglyphic, souls, a mish of Tajay Please spread the word to your friends and family uh, Check out that Rap Noir project On iTunes, Tajay And the producer Unjust Some cool stuff, we're going to get into the flip of that Tucson single, I'm gonna play a little snippet of Watch Out in just a second. Listen, I also am working on a project too that I wanted to plug real quick before the end of the show. Obviously, um, you know, connected to Souls and Mischief, the one and only producer, iconic, genre-defining Prince Paul, who, you know, as you know, did a whole record with uh, Souls and Mischief a few years back. Me and him have an album coming out in September called Instrumental. I originally released it in 2005 on my label Female Fun Records. Some of y'all might remember that label from my projects with MF Doom, DJ Spinna, Jay Rawls, Geology, Sadadex, on and on. And uh, Prince Paul and I have a record coming out. The pre-order is available right now, so I wanted to get a plug-in for that. Uh, it's just a limited vinyl and cassette, and with that vinyl, you get a special free download of, of a whole other project from Prince Paul called Redux. So it's really two albums, but so cop that pre-order. I only made 500 copies of this record. I'm not going to do another repress. It was just something cool to do. There's a tour to follow in this in September. Prince Paul instrumental female fun it's available pre-order at redline music distribution at big cartel so find that and get that pre-order before it sells out thank you guys so much for tuning in much shout out to tajay hieroglyphics and the whole souls of mischief the east bay and thank you guys so much for listening i'm going to keep these going for y'all only on the house list my name is peter agassin every episode is produced and engineered by the one and only CJ Stewart. Thanks again, and I will catch you guys next time.
0: Watch out! Manny and Mo made millions. Mo was about his money. Manny was Mo about chilling. Moe sipping, both tipping, and leaning. Big tricking, be hit whipping, and gleaming. Moe was different. He had vision. His first ticket, rinsed it. Spent his on legit shit. That's the business. The game isn't. And Manny played it to the fringes. Money to blow. Blow to money, same sentence. And if his digits get thin, just kick a nigga dough off the hinges. He liked to call Stingy Said he was scared To get dingy Cause his legal ventures Now occupied his attention Knowing damn well there was both Getting it written Same spot Same pots Whipping them chickens Split every last cent In the center But now all of a sudden He having problems With retention That's kid shit But add envy to the mix With some good cheers Some chips And there goes the friendship Man he couldn't stand His man ascension Now he plotting Rotten schemes To have him twisted So when them pigs hit Mo knew in an instant Somebody had ratted The product was planted had that had access was Manny, told on him, and now Manny getting more money. Terry and Toy, they was twins, now they looked alike, but really they was just friends. Like the tag team when they went to bust tricks, didn't need the money, they would do it just for kicks, shits and giggles, and cats are spin to be in the middle of two smooth-skinned teenage twins getting it in from the migrant workers to the preacher man, had them all singing Hey 19, like Steely Dan, when I say preacher man, boy I'm dead ass, what would trick big cash to? evangelical type like the throw